Okay, we're recording again, and I think we're uh, part three. Mm -hmm. So I think we just covered uh, what you would tell uh, somebody who's considering suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, we've kind of discussed the traumas and the events that you feel have brought you to this point in your life today. And what would you say your point in life is right now? Where are you? Are you on the scale? Are you healing? Are you... Yeah, as uh, that that phrase I said a little bit earlier, definitely post-traumatic growth. There's always a chance that you can relapse, you can move forward and backwards. And I think that's the big thing um, with anybody that's dealing with mental health injury is that um, you are going to take big strides forward and then sometimes you're going to take big strides backwards equally. And it's to not let that get to you and remember how far you've come, put any tools that you're using, any of the things that um, have helped you before, uh, positive thoughts, um, conversations with a therapist. I'm still seeing my therapist yeah. at least twice a month. Um, to did you keep, talk to him about doing this? Uh, yeah, I told her that we're going to be doing this as and, well. And what did you think about that? Um, as as long as that it's, uh, I'm feeling okay and protected yeah. and safe and, yeah. you know, as, as nervous as I was to come here because I've been kind of controlling who hears my story and right. it's been close people and close friends and people that I know are not going to... Um, Make make it worse or yeah. um, honor honor my story. I guess is the yeah. word that I'm looking for. So she just want to make sure that y- you feel okay. And yeah. for me, it feels like the right thing to do. And right. part of being able to share my story is also so that my narrative also changes, so that it's becoming clear in my mind. Because the first time I ter- ch- shared my story at Project Trauma Support was it was very it was very broken. It was very um, so much trauma focused. Um, because I couldn't see the resilience piece of that. Yeah. I couldn't see the hope. I did not have hope when I went there. It was kind of that, you hear that people say when they have depression and, and when they are suicidal, they just don't have hope. There was right. no hope. There was no joy. There was nothing. So I think, um, yeah, working through that and being able to see that you can come so far and then be resilient. So are you in a place right now where you're relaxed? You see the fruit of your work sort of um, before you? And uh, things are changing for the better. I would say yes. And and it's funny how it's almost like on a, a train where opportunities like this come up or other opportunities to share my story or um, I see things at work. And this is kind of one of the, the interesting things where I talked about earlier about um, wanting to change the culture. And it, the magnitude is just too big. You, yeah. no, no one person can take on a culture. Not even 4% of a population can take on a culture, yeah. right? But... There is power in making ripples. So, you yeah. know, when you drop a, a stone in water and those ripples spread out. Yeah. And what I've seen since are some pretty incredible things that have happened. And I told you that I, I told my crew and I was very open and honest with them for the first time. And it was really hard. I felt raw and exposed. And I know there's lots of tears, not only my own, but um, I mean, some of the guys realizing where I was and, and not realizing yeah. where I was. But I got a call or a message from one of the guys that was part of that crew. And he said that they were just sitting around the dinner table one day. I wasn't there. There's no, they weren't being told from upper management they had to have this conversation. And they were just talking about things that had happened, things that I had shared, and how, what they can do to make the culture a better place to ensure that things don't happen like that, that they are working as part of um, an inclusive crew and that they don't, um, they don't want to ever have anybody that doesn't feel inclusive right. as part of their crew. So the, that's a huge win, right? Or are, as I, are these younger guys coming in? Uh, you know, from I'd say 15 years on to three years on. So all in in between, very, very good crew. Um, and 
so it's these conversations that are just unprovoked and we're not being told to have them yeah that, that that are happening in the station it's that story i just told you where the officer went and started years of tradition just ripping that down a yep. kind of fear of being ostracized himself yep. um but he was doing it anyway right and then i had another colleague he was doing it because it was the right thing it's to do. the right thing to do that it goes back to the sounds of silence right like yep. he's gonna stand up be brave and do what he knows is is right it's that crew that mm-hmm. would have given anything if they said you know chief that's that's offside. You can't say that. And, yeah. and no one did. You know, those moments. I had a, a colleague, I reached out um, as we talked about and just said, how are you doing? I know he's been off too. And just said, uh, do you want to meet some time for coffee? And he accepted, but he also said it was the first time he had seen anybody from work because he just couldn't do it. But it was different because he knew my story and he knew that I wouldn't judge and I would just listen and we could have, you know, a shared moment and that shared experience. Yeah. So, it's those little ripples that seem to be happening by sharing my story, people coming in and also wanting to talk so know that they have a safe place that, uh, you know, my, do- my door is always open to anybody that wants to come in and just have a conversation. So you see these ripples happening and all of a sudden things are changing and it's changing for the better in my, in my mind. It's good. Yeah. Well, let's hope you get up to 6% women in the... Uh, and wouldn't that be wonderful? Let's, let's We're on run. the way. Let's run with this. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe jog a little bit. You got all that heavy gear on. Don't run everywhere. <laughs> um, I guess we're coming up to some final questions here. Um, one of the ones I wanted to ask you, because it comes up so frequently, on your journey towards healing, does religion, faith, spirituality, or gods play any role in your recovery? Um, everybody's got their their beliefs, and I'm very... Um, I try to be non very non opinionated about anybody's beliefs for anything. Right. I I do believe I do believe in um, I do believe in God. I am I am a very spiritual, very energetic person. I've done Reiki. I've done a lot of energy work, um, and spiritual work. So very spiritual, I'd say more than religious. I don't know how people. You know what? Whatever people see that as, yeah. but I do believe in that's a whole uh, other podcast. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I do believe there's a there's a whole other entity that's kind of guiding us, and I'm very much open to that. And I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe. I think things line up for a reason. And when I look back at where I was and feeling almost cursed, like I felt cursed to be a woman when I got hired, and why can't I just be a, a guy and fit in and yeah. um, trying to assimilate and realize that you know I'm I, I make a very damn good woman so i need to be a, a damn good woman on this job and yeah. not try and be someone that i'm not and then um, well, you need to be a damn good person i have you have to be a damn yeah. good person yeah. right but in the end uh, not be be my authentic me and yeah. who is that authentic me so kind you know of, who that authentic you is i'm getting there i am getting there but part of that is also um opening up to the other women in my life so it's something that i think i've always blocked out yeah i've always blocked that out even as a young kid because i guess i never really got women or got girls like i didn't want well, to play barbies <laughs> i want to play mechano i want to do you know i want people to shoot pucks on me <laughs> and have fun and that that's just what i found but i think um and i've said this to a few of my girlfriends as of late as well and uh, specifically some of them at that have met through pts because we met at the lowest of low yeah. it was this is me this is the raw me take me or leave me um and there was no falsity at that point. It was about as raw and exposed as you can get. Lots of tears, lots of conversation that I've never had with anybody else. Or you just, I don't know that you feel safe with having him with anybody else, but mm-hmm. um, really embracing them and that female companionship and what that, that love of my, my sisters and my girlfriends and the strength we have together has really helped me 
understand my identity more. And I'm very much happily married to my husband, who's also a firefighter with the, with Ottawa. And a very supportive sounding very, kind of guy. Very, very supportive. Does he drink whiskey? Uh, he, he's a Scotchman, actually. Well, I got plenty of it. <laughs> Bring him along Perfect. next time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find awesome. something else to talk about just so I can drink whiskey with this awesome. man. Awesome. I think, um, but um, being able to really, truly, 100% support the women in my life and uh, truly honor who I am as a woman and not someone who is an imposter as a firefighter trying to be what that stereotypical stereotypical firefighter is that everybody sees and, and yep. still sees. Um, you know, I, I have young girls, especially of my, my children's friends, that think, oh my gosh, you're so cool. <laughs> like, yep. you guys can be this too. <laughs> you can you can do this. And that's, that's kind of the, the preaching and teaching that I like to do now. Just get them knowing young that you can do this. And even... Anybody can do this. Is that sounds like a kind of a final message? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is kind of a final message. <laughs> what uh, you can do anything. Yeah. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add to this? Like, how 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 do you want to sum this up? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I want to sum this up basically by um, encouraging anybody to start ripples. So whether it's in your organization, no matter what it is that you do. Start little ripples of change. And if you get a ripple, pick it up and run with it a bit. Uh, support, um, you know, speaking to other women, support the other women in, and t- don't tear each other down. Empower each other and, and choose empowerment always. Which, um, which, just to bring you back, one of my earlier questions was, do you think men work better in groups than, uh, than women do? Uh, you, I can't remember what your exact... Uh, I, I said that the, the groups of women that I work in are very empowering and we work very very well together and i think any workplace men women um mixed uh has the potential to be able to work well together if you have the same goal and the same uh, positive but i do believe that a diverse culture is definitely no way to put it it serves the community that we serve much better and much more truthfully what uh, what personal goal do you have with the fire department? Do you hope to become a, what's your top? Well, that has changed, actually. So um, I had the opportunity, potentially the opportunity to uh, take on the safety officer role, which is a very important role, and I've actually really, really enjoyed the job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. I've learned so much um, having done that position. But I think for me, uh, it was more, I don't feel as positive about it when I think about taking that position as I do with following the officer role within on the trucks so actually in suppression side and that gets me a little bit more excited but why i wasn't going to take that or even think about becoming a chief because what you do is you become a lieutenant and then a captain from captain then you can become a chief or a district chief and then you can become the platoon chief and that's who kind of runs the whole shift i'm young i got hired when i was 26 i'm only 44 now so i still have many years i have a shot at the top uh I first had to believe and have the confidence that I could do that. And if you asked me a year ago, uh, there was no way. Like I just, I didn't feel, and even with my experience and my training and the fire dynamic stuff and everything that I've been doing, I wouldn't have sat here and said, oh yeah, yeah, I can be a chief. And that's been, I'd say recently in the past few months where I think, you know what? I think I'd be really good. I'm an organized person. I'm, I understand fire. I, I do have respect and I had to clearly see that I have respect from the people that I'm working with, peers. my peers and my coworkers. And then, uh, yeah, so now my sights are set on wherever I can possibly make it. And uh, I want to build that confidence and 
that's part of knowing that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, I'm going to fall and I'm going to have to get back up like I have. But now the difference between a year ago and now is that I have the supports in place. I have some solid friends that understand I've got the support of my, um, my service, my department yeah. is very, very supportive of everything that's going through. I've got support of my family. Um, and I've got support of my therapist as well. So with all those in my, in my back pocket, it's really, it's really lining me up for a sex, successful career. Yeah. Um, did you happen to listen to the OPP one? Uh, yep. The one you sent me? Yes, Good. definitely. Then, then, uh, and did I tell you he had a great voice? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have a great voice too, though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't make me want to change my sexuality <laughs> like when I listen to Pete. <laughs> Pete is a sexy man. <laughs> I hope you're not listening to this, Pete. I'll never hear the end of it. Um, where was I going to go with that? I'm not sure. <laughs> there, there was a point. Um, Oh, so what, what's your best uh, firefighting story? What's your happiest one? My happiest one? I um, asked Pete this and he was shit at answering it. I've, I've <laughs> got a few. Um, I think one of the, uh, I've got one that was a call, which wasn't, I think, great, but it was one of those moments where I realized I did what I did or we did what we did as a, as a group yeah. and circumstances happened where there was a woman that we had pulled out of a fire uh crew had pulled this woman out we had taken um control over care on the way down uh she went vsa on us so vital signs absent so i was doing cpr and compressions on her um and we actually got her back in the ambulance and she lived for a little while enough i guess for her family to be able to say goodbye and uh you know tragic ending but those little moments where you do what you do, you give them a few more minutes, if not for them, for the people in their life. And for me, that is a, that was, that was a moment for me. Also, when we were learning fire dynamics, again, I was in a, I was in a much different place. I still wasn't feeling confident at this point. Um, All this stuff with the uh, initial harassment was going on at this time. um, And I was feeling very, uh, very, very vulnerable. So I was trying to learn fire dynamics. We had, instructors from all over the world teaching us like the best of the best. And we were learning this brand new, very intensive course. We'd done several trainings through over the years. And at the very last one, uh, kind of funny how they, they put it. One of the instructors got up and said, well, we had a discussion as as a group of instructors last night and kind of who the man of the game is, is kind of how they put it, the, the MVP of the game. And we all decided that it was Cheryl. And I was like, what? And for in that moment, they said, you know, just from where you were and, and where you came and the progress you made and you're a fabulous instructor and um, your knowledge and the ability to control the fire and it, it blew us away. So congratulations. And for me, that was that was that was a moment that I went, OK, maybe maybe I can do this job. Yeah. But I'm, that's like 17 years in, 16, 17 years in where I'm finally thinking, <laughs> can I do this job? Can it's I do this job? Am I, am I really fooling everybody and they think I can do this or can I actually do that? So, yeah. I mean, those moments are the little moments that, you know, why I'm still here. I hold on to those because I was also in a very dark place then, but not letting anybody see those cracks at that point. I was kind of hoping you had a cat in a tree story. I do have a cat in a tree story, actually. And it was funny because I was driving the aerial. So I set it up and it was this cat that was 40 feet in the air. Of course, in one of the areas where there's like all these row houses and there's probably 60 people standing there screaming at this cat. And our one guy goes up and I set up the ladder and the cat jumped up and land, landed on his face and he was screaming. And I, you know, we, he came down holding it and he was like, get this thing off. But the family was very excited that we saved this cat. So cat yes, back. we have saved a cat well out of a tree. 
Yeah. I hope you listen to this, Pete. You had a shit story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, 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 other than, do you think that PTSD can be cured? I believe anybody can enter post-traumatic growth. And part of that is mindset too. Um, for me, it was, and I know not everybody is in the state at this point and there's different levels for sure. And I'm not course, yeah. that, but for me and my personal story, I really had to um, try to not label myself with right. that diagnosis. Yep. I had the diagnosis. I get it. Okay. Now where do I go? It's and not going to control me. It's not going to control me. It's not going to be who I am because I don't like who I am at yep. this point and I have to make changes. I'm better than that. Yep. So for me, it was, how do I, how do I make those changes? How do I change how I see myself um, I'm still working on that. I think everybody tends to work on that a little bit, yep. but definitely I see myself um, a lot more positive than I did before. So I believe anybody can be in post-traumatic dro- growth at various levels. I believe you can fall back. Um, I haven't had a terrible call to go back to since I've been back, but yep. I know that with full confidence, even though I might have a setback, I've got enough support in place now that I will make it through that I'm not looking back and I, my life is worth being here. It's worth being here for my family, for my friends and uh, mostly for myself. Excellent. Well, I, I think we did a bang up job on that. (laughs) Not bad for being nervous, right? (laughs) Yeah. I I think it went really well. Uh, We'll let the uh, people that listen to it, my mom and Craig, (laughs) actually my mom still hasn't figured out. I'm a listener now too. You can count me. Yeah, Yeah. There's a few good ones in there. Um, well, I guess I'll sign off now. Thanks for uh, coming in and being part of Rockus Bacchus. Uh, much appreciated. Very much enjoyed meeting you. Uh, I hope we can do it again. Uh, well, I hope Shane and I can get together, or Sean and I Sean, can get together. Yeah. <laughs> you can come if you want, but you know, <laughs> bring Sean, and uh, we'll try some good whiskeys. All right, and for anybody else out there, I hope that uh, you're enjoying this, uh, this episode of Rockus Bacchus with Cheryl Hunt. Uh, firefighter, um, social change innovator, um, mom, wife, um, coffee drinker, (laughs) and uh, just uh, be good to each other out there. It's a harsh enough world without us being dicks to each other. So uh, take care out there. Cheers. Thanks for coming out.